one, a two, one, a three, one, a four. Inspiration, elevation, knocking right at your door. Aloha mai kako, aloha, welcome to Mana Bombs Podcast, powered by Pomahina Designs. It's me, Kanoe Lani Davis. And me, Kulani Jeremiah Aloha kako. Aloha. Today's daily Mana Bomb is note to empath, observe, don't absorb. The focus is, am I an empath? And the way we want to engage is, so what is an empath? Can we learn to be one? Is it natural? Why can absorbing be a detriment to our mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being? Kako, Kulani had to look this up. So according to Oxford Language Dictionaries Online, empath is a person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Where were you, sis, when this monobomb came about? Um, I was noticing on social media a lot of these little posts on empaths. As we get into more of this healing space, these things are starting to come up. And they would list what an empath was. And so people were starting to connect with it. Like, I'm an empath. I'm an empath. I'm an empath. And then recognizing possibly why they feel the way they feel when they're in certain situations around a lot of people uh, in certain places. And they were starting to pick up on that. And so they started to recognize that there was a name for it and it was empath. What I also found was that people wanted to be an empath. So they were trying to absorb other people's mana or energy, so to speak, because they were healers. I'm going to put my air quotes up because in order for you to understand somebody or to feel somebody without words, you're going to, you have to have that ability. And I think that's where this uh, word you came, what did you say earlier from the paranormal paranormal came into where it became very spiritual, very magical, very quote unquote special, right? That was one of the reasons why I brought it up. And I didn't know. And I've been like this. This is, I've had this from childhood, not knowing there was a name for it. It's an empath. So I went through the stages of absorbing. This is the reason why I'm an introvert, because I can feel people. I don't have to know you, but I feel you. And I feel a lot of energy. And I feel that also in places. And so growing up, it was very tiresome. So most empaths who don't understand it well enough yet will feel those emotional tolls. They said, uh, when you're, when somebody's sad or depressed, you start to take on that sad and the, de- the depression and you don't even know why. It's almost as if it was your own. The reason why that's dangerous is because we only have the capacity to take on so much and we don't know how to rid ourselves of it. We don't know how to remove it. This is the reason why I share with you why I'm an observer because This is what I have learned throughout my years, probably in the last 20 years. I'm much better at it now. But observing was more essential than absorbing. So I learned how to block stuff. And I learned how to decipher what is mine and what is not. So that's why I keep talking about observing. And that's why I keep talking about understanding what is yours and what is not yours. Because when you're an empath, you receive stuff and you question, is it mine? 
the ones who are learning about who they are right now and are starting to feel this mana of empath, there are ways to get through that. And so the first one I would advise is, again, observe, don't absorb. You want to walk into a space and look around, feel it because you're sometimes you can't stop feeling it. You're going to have to get to a point where you can ground yourself well enough to stop it and not let it enter you. And that's where you start to tell yourself, this is mine, that's yours, and that's it. And you cut it off. You're not responsible to take on everybody's pain. And then you defined empathy. The difference between an empath and empathy is empath receives and we absorb, whereas empathy, we observe and we understand. So if empath is the mana, right, it's the thing that we hold on to, then we want to get better at being empathetic so that we are able to understand and move it out of us. And that's where that cycle starts and controls. Most people, if you're an extrovert and an empath, I couldn't expound upon that. When my younger years, I used to be an empath, but an extrovert until it really started taking larger tolls on me. Then I reverted to becoming an introvert. It's hard, especially if you're an extrovert, because you're around so many people. But a lot of the times they make themselves the center of attention. So they're pushing out that mana. But the problem with that is, especially if you're a healer, the problem with that, you're, for, you're actually giving your mana to people and they're absorbing it. So we have to, there's a lot of fine lines between all of it, but that's just through my experiences and my understanding. That is just great. So, okay. So an empath is the person who has the ability to feel it all. Empathy is the catalyst, the tool that the Empath- energy uses, comes through and goes up. Yeah. It, you I can, love, oh, oh, y'all, if you never see that move, Usa. it moves out. And the okay. nice thing about empathy is, let me just be very, very clear. Anybody can be an empath and anybody can have empathy. And in fact, if an empath isn't your space, right? Because that's a deeper, deeper space. And having empathy is important just in social aspects and meaningful ones. Because if you can sit with a person who probably just went through maybe the worst divorce ever and got cheated on. Okay. Say you're the, the, you have, you, you're not an empath. Say you've never been cheated on. You can still have empathy because the only thing that you can connect to with that person is pain and possibly loss. So in that you connect to understand, but you do not connect to overpower. You just connect to understand. They are the ones that are going to process this, that space. Uh, but there are people who don't who lack empathy and are not empaths who walk about something could happen right in front of you and it doesn't bother you. It doesn't even phase you. It's like, okay, sorry about that. And then on to the next thing. Those people are actually more dangerous because they leave holes. And you gotta be very, very careful with with that as well, because they 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 don't have awareness, they don't have consciousness. Um, nor do they, they probably don't have guilt that they express. They may have inner deep guilt that they keep very deep, deep inside of them that eats them up, but they don't have that type of consciousness and awareness of knowing, okay, I went stub my my toe and it hurt. You went stub your toe and it hurt. I understand what you're going through versus possibly maybe they've gone through something so deep. They're like, don't even acknowledge it. Yeah. As a young child in Hawaii, when you're raised by your parents and grandparents of the older generations, 
one of those treasures or those momi that we got in Nanai Kikumu, which is the look to the source bouquet, was the art of observation, right? Nana Kamaka, right? Look with your eyes, listen with your ears, and close your mouth. That alone helps in growing your consciousness about empathy. I thought about this when we were getting ready for today's podcast. And I personally, Kulani, like to put myself into situ what well, in the situation where I'm hearing a story, I like to put myself in the other person's shoes so that I can understand. Is that a form of empathy? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got this. Got this. So I jumped online and there's um it's a website called HighlySensitiveRefuge.com, and they have a list of 13 signs that you're an empath. So, sis, how do you feel about maybe I'm going to read it off, and then you give your mana'o on on what you think about what they're stating. Sounds good? Okay, let's do the first one. Number one, you take on other people's emotions as your own. This is the classic number one trait of an empath. No matter what someone else near you is feeling, even if they think they aren't showing it, you're likely to pick up on it immediately. But more than that, you may actually feel the emotion as if it were your own, essentially absorbing it or sponging it up. How exactly this works is a subject of some debate, but we do know that people who have high levels of empathy also have very active mirror neurons. The part of the brain that reads emotional cues from other people and figures out what they might be thinking or feeling. In other words, if you're an empath, it's likely that you can pick up on tiny changes in expression body language, or tone of voice that others miss and immediately sense what the person is feeling. Those same active mirror neurons, however, mean that you basically live through the feeling as if it were your own. That can be a powerful gift, but also exhausting and overwhelming at times. Kiko Po. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Whoever's listening, I'm pretty sure they're sitting there agreeing as well because you're highly sensitive you really truly are and those neurons are they're they're shooting firing constantly and that's the thing about an empath they're really great observers too not to say that they're not observers but maybe to stick to that towards that more than absorbing because they can hear they can see they can feel they may not know the content of what it is but they know there's an imbalance somewhere and again, it just doesn't happen with people. It can happen with animals. It could happen with places and environments. You feel it. You pick up on it. Uh, even with weather, you can feel weather before they come. And you can feel how the weather is going to come. So it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, I agree with that. Kalama, you're very attuned to the environment, right, as an empath. You, I don't want to say everybody is into You can be. You can, it's probably a different level. You don't have to be, to be a complete empath. You can be a complete empath and not have that same degree of empath with environment mm-hmm. and elements, but you can, you, you definitely can be. So uh, one of the biggest things I wanted to share with you again, going back to that, um, what was the word again you used? Paranormal. Paranormal. I keep going back to it because there you know, we talk about the psychological aspect of it, but then we have to address also the spiritual aspect of it. So there's a, there is power of divine empath, right? Versus the empath versus empathy. With the power of divine empath, it's the understanding of how to utilize it to, this is where the healing comes in as a tool, 
because when you can observe and if you choose to absorb but can differentiate what is yours and not yours, then you can help. Then you actually can, you basically already know what's happening with the other person without even them telling you. So that's more, I, I, I have to believe, I don't know definitions. I don't know this terminology. I have no idea. I can only talk from experience. So this is where we, we can take in that information we feel it and see it through. And then we feel so well that we can, we already know what the problem is without even having to speak. Um, then you make your choice. So you should always use it for good. You should always, always, always use it for good. And my recommendation is do not force it because it's like he said, it's a gift and it could be a great tool, but with every gift and every tool comes responsibility because at the end of the day, the only person that's that it's going to take a toll on is you. And not only just you, if you have a family and children or a household, they take that on too. So we have to be very, very conscious with that. Anything powerful and divine like that should be held with high sacredness and high responsibility. So I don't recommend anybody just being like, I want to be an empath. It's, it's kind of like hearing voices and you just don't want to always hear voices. You don't want to hear, you know, people thinking. Yeah, I've been there when you've experienced voices. Some of them are like, don't cool any this. I will say I'm 42 now and it took me half my life to figure out how to manage it and remember what it's used for. And it's only for good. I don't use it a lot. We don't. And it's free. I don't charge. But at the end of the day, I don't want it either. You know what I'm saying? I know someone who is just like that. Uh, it runs in your folks, Ohana. And I'm, I'm sure to some degree, Darren was like this too. So steps ahead is, is great, but sometimes it's lonely 10 steps ahead. Sometimes you want to just pull back and be here right now. And also, I remember when it comes to Pomahina and we're out in the public, you don't like being in front at all. I don't like being in the front either. I'm more comfortable in the back helping and supporting. Watching you take those deep breaths before you walk out in the front and realizing now it's because all that energy that you have to face in the front on your own because we're here to support you from the back. But whew, when you're in that spotlight, in that front, I can only imagine the energy that you must be feeling and experiencing you know, so I understand when you're like, no, Kulani, you go in the front. No, Kulani, you move in. I'm like, okay, I get it now. I super get it, especially today. And I know I can be a little bit more supportive and helpful in that way in recognizing that leave her alone, people. Don't make me be that stanchion between her and you guys. I'm the velvet rope. You cannot go. Leave her alone. It's true. And it's a tough thing to do. Yeah. The the good thing is I've, I've managed it. I know myself well enough to work around it. So it's possible. This is the reason why before we do anything, we ground ourselves. We're in Pule. Uh, every single time we've gone to an event or have done anything publicly, we are always, we ground ourselves. I have everybody Pule with me. We do a, pra- a prayer and a chant. We call in our ancestors. We call in our protectors. And then we go out. And then while it's done, everybody's done. This is probably another reason why I don't go out after events with everybody. And I'm so tired. I'm done. 
I don't go out and party and do the VIP scene. I don't go out and drink and, and like celebrate. It's because I'm pretty much done. And so I usually go back to my hotel room and I pass out. And that's when I close us off. I close the doors in Pule and chant for all of us because I actually am responsible for all of them. And as much as they support me, there's another realm that I am actually responsible for because I know I'm conscious of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing because, you know, our kupuna come with us by the va'a loads, by the canoe loads, people. We're not talking just one canoe. They just, they come, they come. And it's, it's amazing to be in that space and to just feel that spirit in that space. Okay, there's 13. Or I'll just read the, the bolded pieces. Yeah. Uh, number two says, sometimes you experience sudden, overwhelming emotions when you're in public. Yep. Uh, well, it, oh, it's short. Okay. It's not just in it's not just in one-on-one conversation where you sense the emotions of others. It can happen at any time when there are other people around and without warning. If you're an empath, it can be challenging to go into public spaces because you may suddenly find yourself filled with an emotion that came out of nowhere or more accurately from someone else in the area. Spot on, yeah. Yeah, and I want to do also share that as much as you can experience pain, you can also experience joy. I just want to point that out to you. The reason why we experience pain more so than joy is because pain is more in our life. So imagine it as a magnet. So what the reason why we pick up more of the pain and the suffering of others is because we are personally in pain and suffering. But it's very, very possible to pick up joy, the happiness and joy of others. And you can have empathy for those people as well. Because it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be bad. So if somebody's experiencing joy all the time, you'll tend to find yourself with that person. The problem with that is, you, again, the responsibility is, especially if you're a healer or somebody who wants to always fix something, you cannot fix it. Because what happens is you are, if you're not in a good place, you're putting it upon them. It's misery loves company. So what you got to do is just cut recognize that's yours don't be giving it out to everybody and then also recognizing you can experience joy just as much as you can experience pain yeah reminds me of a song joy hey hey and pain sunshine and rain sing it up now there's the joy and pain yeah yeah sunshine and rain it's about the balance yeah right you can experience both happy, sad, ugly, beautiful. Oh my goodness. Woo, <laughs> okay, number three, the vibe of a room. I got to do air quotes on vibe. The vibe of a room matters to you a lot. Perhaps unsurprisingly, empaths are extremely sensitive to the feel or atmosphere of their surroundings. When surrounded by peace and calm, they flourish because they take on those qualities internally themselves. For the same reason, places of beauty can be transformative for empaths, whether it's a quiet garden, a lovely bedroom, or the halls of a museum. Likewise, chaotic or depressing environments will quickly pull the energy out of an empath. Did I just not say that? (laughs) So, right. You got to remember places. So if you have a place where you sit down and you find it as calm, you're feeling that place, right? And I what I've recognized recently being on Zoom on everything, on technology, you can feel even through technology. It's not you don't have to be one-on-one with somebody. You can you can do it 
it's interesting. Yeah. I've noticed that during our vision and vibes um, workshops, Ohana that join us for vision and vibes, our, every session is so different. The energy inside, but the end results are the same. Everybody is able to create their vision boards and they walk away ready to smash all those goals. And surprisingly enough, we've had a couple of people return and be more specific in their choices. So eh, those kilo boards are doing something this year. Look out, 2021. Number four, you understand where people are coming from. That's a given. You you talked all about that just before we said that. Uh, Number five, people turn to you for advice. Girl, (laughs) that's like all the time. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like hiding. No, I don't. I'm like, like, yeah. Leave a message. Yeah. No, but honestly, so this is one thing, just a secret from an empath who manages more is they do seek to advise. My advice to the empath for those who do see, doesn't mean you have to have the answer. And doesn't mean you have to give him an answer. What that means when you're at a divine space of empath is you allow them to share and you ignite questions so that they go through the process and they answer it it's not yours it's still theirs so that's what my advice would be to the empath when being approached always for advice is sometimes the simple ones you can answer but the other ones that you know that you've said about a hundred times but they're not hearing it this is where you engage in questions you start to turn the table and allow them to experience that moment through process because they actually have the answer all you're doing is letting them find it in themselves providing a probing question so yes answer their self themselves yeah yeah (laughs) that totally makes sense that totally makes sense and kako oft times i will sit at my lola like i want to ask kanoi and then i'm like no don't ask (laughs) just do it just just the other night I was uh, crafting an email um, for Amanda Bomb's podcast. And I'm like, WWKW, what would Kanoi write? And I was like, ah, can't remember. let's try it like this. Like, you know, it was just really funny. But, but what that did is that helped me to process because I knew, even though you weren't with me, I knew that that's something you would have told me. Kulani, just write what you know. And we can talk about it and we can fix it if it needs to be fixed. If not, we're good to go. So it works, Kako. It's that true. empath, having that empath person or just having any person truly um, be there to be a soundboard or, you know, to listen. I love that. Okay. Um, number six, tragic or violent events on TV can completely incapacitate It says if you're an empath, it doesn't matter that a horrible event isn't happening to you. You still feel it through your entire being. You may seem to live through the pain or loss of the event yourself, even if you're thousands of miles away. Or indeed, even if it's a fictional event in a show, this reaction can be completely overwhelming at times. Empaths may not do well watching violence or human tragedy, even if it's a movie that others find gripping. Okay, ask yourself, how many times have you watched a sad movie and cried? Every single time. There you go. You have empathy and you're an empath. That is very, very, very true. So we all have it in us. It's innate. We just have some blocks. 
that sometimes we don't feel based off of whatever has happened to us without our permission or um, maybe the guilt of what we have done to others without their permission. So we tend to put blockers up. But at the end of the day, we were all born as empaths. We all were born with this sensitivity. Um, When I was a young child, for whatever odd reason, I didn't understand this till I was older. I was not allowed to be at funerals. I was not allowed to be around death. I was not allowed to be around bodies ever, even if it was family. I just... I don't know if I wasn't allowed or they just never take me. They just left me home because they brought my brother. They forgot me. I don't know. Anyways, long story short, this is the way I took it is up until now, I really cannot be around bodies in death. And if I do, if I so happen to be around funerals, you know, somebody dying or somebody, I come across um, families and somebody has passed, um, I have to go through a rigorous ceremony right after, which that's a whole nother show, but I have to go through a rigorous ceremony after. So from when I was very young, my grandparents didn't allow me to be around death. So um, a lot of it has to do with this too. Seemingly so. Just by being around you, I can, I can see why knowing that, you know, going through this today and understanding empath and empathy and being empathetic. So yeah, that makes sense that your grandparents would keep you it because you are, you are, you are a catalyst. So you are able to like, grow this important things and I wouldn't have wanted you by that either because man to imagine I've seen a whaling done at, at a Maori funeral uh, they lie in state there for three days and everyone comes from everywhere to pay their respects so we flew in from Hawaii but by the time we got there it was nighttime so you don't cut on it at night that doesn't happen so they welcomed us in through the side gate but in the morning we had to go back out to the gate to be welcomed in and everybody had heard. It went through the town that the Hawaii family was there. And I was like, what's going on? Because there were so many people that morning. But one of the older aunties who lived there was doing the kai karanga, or she did the call from in the gate. On, on the veranda where the body lay in state, she had to call us in first. So without that call, we couldn't walk through the gate. So she called. My mother answered. And then she responded as we were walking in. And I just was like, you know, I had never met that woman, but I, I felt the heartache as I was walking. I felt the heartache in, of my mother as I was standing behind her, still doing the call out as we're walking through. And when we get to the veranda, right at the front porch area of the big fare or that fare nui, we have to hold me, everyone, that energy. It was huge and enveloping. And I was so tired by the time we got through the homie line. I heard that old lady, she wailed the whole day, just the whole day. And I was in there and I'm trying to like not listen. So because I was just, I was just torn up. Yeah, it was so encompassing. I was talking about em- empathy and being right in the middle. That was just is crazy. I have this thing with music. And so when I hear songs, I feel the songs. It's a really super sad song. Church songs make me cry. Not all. But certain ones, the way certain people sing it, I feel them singing that song. They sang that music. That right there is energy. What you're feeling is the authenticity and genuinity of what's coming out. You're yeah. feeling them through their music, that you're feeling them through that vibe. You're feeling them through all of those other things. And even like when I chant, there's people who cry. They will cry. You don't mean for it. And it's not a sad chant, but whatever it is, it it shakes the stillness inside it moves and then yeah. it comes out so yeah 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 
I always well up. My eyes well up when you chant. My eyes well up when you chant because I know where you're going. We'll do it. And so I'm just like, woo, pay attention, people. Pay attention. You folks are lucky to be a part of this space right now. Anyway, there are 13 total. And can you go um, through the, la- the the remaining of them? Just real quick, just go through all of yes. them. This is the bold part. Yes, I- absolutely. That was six. Number seven, you can't contain your love of pets, animals, or babies. <laughs> Number eight, you might feel people's physical illnesses too, not just their emotions. Number nine, you can become overwhelmed in intimate relationships. Yo, hold on. I got to read this one. Relationships can be challenging for everyone. But imagine how much bigger those challenges are when you can sense every little mood, irritation, or yes, even lie from your partner. And positive emotions can also become overwhelming as if the relationship may engulf you. Sound familiar? But it's more than that. Once you live together, the shared environment is also a hurdle. A cohabiting partner's energy is always present for an empath and can almost feel like an intrusion. Empaths view their homes as a sanctuary where they can get away from the constant demand on their emotional senses and a partner changes it. Yep. <laughs> Kiko Pope, period. Yeah, that's a big one. That's why sometimes a lot of empaths who are deep empaths are single. They got to find sure. the right match. Sorry, I got one more space in that one. It says, while some empaths choose to remain single for this reason, others learn to adapt. Perhaps by having a room that's their private space or extremely important seeking a partner who respects the boundaries. That takes a that's lot of work. That's why as a she should. That <laughs> <laughs> takes a lot of work. Yeah. Talking about inhabiting spaces, like uh, there's one thing. That's why I'm a very, like my space is my space is very sacred. Not everybody can enter this space. And it's not because I don't like anybody or I'm just being a prude or whatever. It's really because of that absorption and what you bring in and stuff into my house. You know, hence the reason why some cultures throw salt, have sage. It's like, what if I don't have enough salt and sage for everybody? You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to keep it clean. Even in my relationship, that's the reason why I knew stuff was going on because certain spaces in his in his space, I could feel everything. Not gonna lie, people. I make him get rid of all kinds of stuff. You know how many beds he's gone through? Yeah, y'all are probably thinking like you're stupid, you're still with him. You're probably right. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm learning stuff. And there is change. And if you choose not to change, that's still again, not mine, that's yours. I'm gonna live my life, I'm gonna do my thing, I'm gonna enjoy what we have. You choose to go outside of that, that's your suffering. I didn't put that on you. You put that on yourself. But in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy life. You make your choices. How you choose to do it is up to you. You want to lie? Lie. I see right through it. Meanwhile, I'm going to I'm gonna counter that lie and keep going this way until you feel like you want to join me. And then that's why I keep saying, I'll be over here. I like to watch and observe for a very, very long time. You don't want that. <laughs> I just want to one line of one melee. So you think, I don't know, lie, 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 what you're doing, lie, 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 lie. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You already know, people. You already know. <laughs> okay. Number 10, you're a walking lie detector. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so funny. That's why you don't want to also be that. You don't, like, it's a gift, and yet it's not a gift. 
because it sucks because actually there's way more liars than there are truth tellers. So you got to deal with a lot. Yeah, I don't know if you folks remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about that, about lying. Not lying, but I withheld something and he found out before me. This is right right before I got married to my husband. And he found out something before me and he, I mean, he had already knew that. I was like, ah. And after that, I was like, oh, hell no, she's not lying anymore. She's the, uh, he's the same. He was the same. He was an ever. That's why we like communicators. Yes. We like communicators and people who are honest and truthful. And we don't hold it against them, even if it's something we don't want to hear. Because there's a huge appreciation for that. We take things less personal. Number 11. You can't understand why any leader wouldn't put their teams first. There are plenty of managers and group organizers who simply don't pay attention to their team's needs. If you're an empath, this isn't just rude or annoying. It's a failure of leadership. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number 12, you have a calming effect on other people and the power to heal them. It's true. Just as people seek out empaths for advice, they also just feel more at peace in an empath's presence. In fact, people often unwittingly seek out their most empathetic friends during difficult times. I do that. Yeah, me too. Number 13, you cannot see someone in pain without wanting to help. Can you walk past someone who's in need without wondering how you could help them? Do you struggle to turn off your concern for others because there's a job to do? If the answer is no, not even when you're busy, not even when you're rushed, then there's good there's good chance you're an empath. And this is why empaths are such a valuable part of the amazing kaleidoscope of the human race. Oh, I like that. For an empath, people are the brightest things on their radar, and it's impossible not to see and respond to the needs of others. That is exactly where an empath's healing ability comes from, and it's something we could use more in our world. And that's a hard one because as an empath, uh, we want to tend to help everybody, but it comes with a cost. So this is the master empath has to recognize that it's good to help and it's nice to help, but it does come at a cost. So you have to be very prepared to feel, feel that, that once you give, you leave an emptiness. So you have to master it enough that you can feel that on your own without taking from others. So uh, for the master empath, um, if you are really good at that, then you, you can help willingly many, many people and you could give them the last drop of you, but you also know how to refill your bucket without taking from other people. You know how to, re- that's the responsible part of an empath. They know how to re- refill. If you're giving it out and you're empty, 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 you're not doing it right. There's ways and we can, if anybody wants to figure this out, I can help, but that there's ways that you can um, replenish. Yeah, replenish your own. And you do not want to take from anybody just as maybe that was given to somebody else. You don't want to take. And that's why I always share with you guys. I will give and give and give and give until you start taking. When you start taking, I'm got to cut you off. Yeah. I got to cut you off for that reason. This is a really good one, sis. I really enjoyed talking about this and and, um, on that same website they also have 21 signs that you're a highly sensitive person Uh, the difference between introverts empaths and hsps which is i think that highly sensitive person or something like that and 
Is your child highly sensitive? <laughs> you folks are interested in looking at that or checking it out more. I was can- on highlysensitiverefuge.com. Thank you. I, you know, and you can go look it up. At, I'm sure in other places, I've never really looked it up, but hearing other people yeah. talk about it, um, kind of put my alerts up. And so I, if there was anything, right, no, note to the empath, observe, don't absorb. <laughs> it will take a toll on you. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but before we leave, I do want to talk about the vision and vibes. Yes. <clears throat> so our next Vision and Vibes workshop or session is coming up on April 12th. It's a Monday on Zoom. Starts at 6, goes through till 8. If you're interested, please email us at monobombspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check out Pomahina Designs on Instagram. There may be a swipe up for you to see on Monobombs LLC on Instagram. There may be a swipe up there as well. And uh, check us out, anchor.fm slash monobombs. You can get all access to all our podcasts from number one to this one today. Awesome. Mahalo kulani. And it's always uh, enjoyable moments to express and share. Uh, with that being said, signing off from the island of Molokai, it's me, Kanoi Lani Davis, and my chickens and the next door neighbor's dogs. <laughs> and it's me cracking up all by myself. Over here, I know Ahune. Have a great day. Aloha. Aloha. Mahalo Nui, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and listen to what happens next. 